right, good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Good, thanks for the response. <laughs> um, well, my name is Pastor Carly, and I am the worship pastor here at Homestead. And man, it is such an honor to be a part of this church. I've only been here for probably about six months so far, but it already feels like home, feels like I've been here for many years. And so I want to thank, say thank you to all of you that have helped make it feel special to me and at home. And so I feel honored to be up here today. And I just want to say thank you to Pastor Jeff and Christy for allowing your team to grow in their gifts and abilities. It's really special to be a part of a church that um, they put other people up here. It's not just them leading the way, but they're, they're helping others grow in their giftings and abilities. And so this summer, as you have known, we are in a series all about spiritual giftings. And we believe that after Jesus died and then rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and then he sent the Holy Spirit to live and dwell in all believers. The Holy Spirit in us allows us to live more like Jesus and it even allows for the kingdom of God to be present here on earth. So through this series, we're exploring the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us and what they look like in our lives. And I believe that as we go through this series, we're answering some pretty profound questions. We're answering questions like, how do I grow in my relationship with God? How do I know what he wants me to do with my life? How do I find meaning in my life? How can I get involved? How can I serve others? And many questions like that. And I'm pretty pumped about this series because if someone were to ask me, hey, Carly, what are you most passionate about? What are you most excited about? And it would truly be to help other people discover what God has gifted them with. And I believe the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives plays a huge role in discovering who God has created us to be and what he has called us to do with our lives. He has wired us uniquely and individually for a reason, and he wants to use every single one of us, every person in this room today to help bring his kingdom here on earth. Our understanding of our spiritual gifts, I believe, will be the key that unlocks all the potential that lies within us and allows God to do the impossible through us. And I don't know about you, but I want God to do amazing things through my life. I don't want to just sit back, but I want to make the most of my life. And I believe with the power of the Holy Spirit, there's always more. There's always more that we can do. There's always more that we can grow in. And so as we jump in this morning, I'm going to read um, one of the key passages that we see in the Bible about spiritual gifts. It's one that we've read the last few weeks, but I'm going to read it again. And in this passage, you'll find the spiritual gift that we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. It says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. That's a key verse there. <laughs> to one person he gives the spirit the to one person the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. Hint, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. 
Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. So to reiterate what we've been saying the last few weeks, spiritual gifts give us supernatural power beyond ourselves to do what God has created and wired us to do. It's this extra measure of anointing and power in our lives, and he gives certain gifts to certain people. It's kind of a mystery. We don't fully understand it, but it's, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do. And so not only does the Holy Spirit help us discover who we are, that's the cool thing about it, but the ultimate goal of of spiritual gifts is to help build each other up, right? It's about encouraging the body of Christ. They are given to build the church and encourage others in their faith. And I think what an honor it is that God would use us to carry out his plan and purposes. So before we talk about the specific gift of faith today, I just want to pray Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word, and I pray that as we dive into the gift of faith today, you would just begin to open our eyes, open our hearts, God, and even just begin to speak to us today of how we can grow. How can we grow in faith, in trust, believing you for amazing things, believing you for the impossible in our lives? God, would you make us receptive today to your word and your spirit that is here among us? It's in your name we pray. Everyone said... Amen. All right, so we're talking about faith, and if I could title this message anything, it would probably be full of faith, because we want to be people that are full of faith. And before I talk about the specific gift of faith, I want to talk about faith just in general from a biblical view. Romans 10, 17 says this, so faith comes by hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. And Hebrews 11, 1 It says, faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us the assurance about things we cannot see. So I like to think about faith as this. It's this partnership with Jesus. Faith is based off of what we've heard about who Jesus is and what he's going to do in and through our lives and for eternity. Now, faith is not this. Faith isn't just mustering enough strength on our own. Faith isn't just hoping, as in crossing our fingers, that good things will happen. Faith isn't just going to church. It's not just singing some songs. It's not just having a Bible verse on a a wall or tattooed on our body. But our faith is based on the tangible word of God and good news of Jesus Christ. It is solid and sturdy and secure and leads us into eternity with Jesus. Our faith is why we choose to engage in the presence of God and gather together. It's the result of all that he's done for us. So our faith isn't just a belief in who God is, but our faith holds weight and power when we live it out. Our faith has the opportunity to shift the atmosphere of a room and carry light into the darkness because it's based on the word of God. And I love these couple verses about God's word. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed or God-inspired. So we know that we can trust the word of God. All right, so let's now jump into the specific gift of faith. What does that look like? 
and to help give us a picture of what the gift of faith looks like, I want to introduce you to someone today who I believe possesses this gift maybe more than anyone else that I know. This is Georgie. She is my family. This is my puppy. She's amazing. <laughs> and for the most part, she's a really good dog, really good puppy, but there's one quality about her that's actually pretty stubborn, and this morning we're going to call that her gift of faith, all right? <laughs> And does anyone have a dog here? You can raise your hand. Has anyone struggled to walk their dog on a leash? Yes. So walking nicely on a leash is her one weakness, or as we might say today, her strength. So every time Georgie sees a bird or a squirrel or anything that even slightly resembles any type of creature, she is immediately after it. She's pulling on the leash. She goes crazy. And her faith in her ability to pull and catch whatever she is after is greater than her understanding of what it means to be connected to the leash. She completely drowns out the rest of the world and is laser focused on that one thing. And even after hundreds of walks that we've been on, has she ever actually caught anything that she's after? No, she has not. But somehow she believes that one day she will, and that's enough to keep her trying. So as silly as that picture is, I think that's the perfect example of what it looks like to have the spiritual gift of faith. Here's a great definition. Faith is to be firmly persuaded of God's power and promises to accomplish his will and purpose and to display such a confidence in him and his word that circumstances and obstacles do not shake that conviction. So here are a couple of key things that could help identify if you have the gift of faith in your life. You carry a positive attitude with you in spiritual situations, even when there's pushback. You tend to look down on life from a 50,000-foot view. It's easy for you to see the big picture. It's easy for you to believe that God will do the miraculous in impossible situations. And even when life gets difficult, you possess a perseverance that carries you through and into the future. And most often than not, your prayer, prayer is your first resort. It's the first thing that you think of because you're believing God to do the impossible. Uh, and the cool thing about the gift of faith is that it actually complements other spiritual gifts. So if you already know that you have the spiritual gift of wisdom or the gift of healing, you probably also have the gift of faith. The gift of faith supports those other gifts. And uh, I was talking with Christy a couple weeks ago just about this message and about this idea of faith. And we were talking about the fact that a lot of kids probably have this gift of faith. There's something about childlike trust and childlike faith, and they pray big, bold prayers. And I think that is a really cool thing. And so I want to encourage you today, if you are a parent of a kid or a teenager that prays big prayers and you know that they have the gift of faith, would you encourage them in that gift? Would you spur them on? Would you stir up that gift? Because I just think what an amazing um, man and woman of God that they're going to be someday because you have spoken into their lives, that you've helped cultivate that gift of faith. Um, and so uh, I just read 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9. That's kind of the key verse for the gift of faith. Um, but throughout 
scripture, we see multiple people that carry these characteristics of supernatural faith. And today I want to dive into one of those um, people. And the the person we're going to talk about today is Caleb. So we see the story of Caleb in the Old Testament. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to turn to Numbers chapter 13. And I'm going to warn you, I'm going to read a couple of lengthy passages Um, But the story is just too good. I feel like I have to read um, a good chunk of it. Uh, So to help set the stage of where we are in this story and in the Bible, we know that Moses was the leader of the Israelite nation, which were the people of God. And Moses had already led the Israelites out of captivity. They were in Egypt, and now they are in the wilderness. All right? And um, uh, Moses is talking with God. And God tells Moses, hey, I have this land that I am going to give you in the future, and I want you to gather together the leaders of the 12 tribes, 12 men, and I want you to send them out to scout this land. I'm going to send them uh, on, a, on an expedition to see what this land is like, to see what the vegetation's like, to see what the people are like. Uh, so we pick up in this story after these 12 men have returned from their scouting trip, um, of the land that God has promised them. And Caleb steps into the spotlight here. So Numbers 13, verse 30. It says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Then that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Talk about rough. (laughs) And to be honest, if I put myself in Caleb's shoes, I don't know if I would have kept the faith. That's a really difficult situation. Every single person was against Caleb and Joshua. Um... And so that was an obvious obstacle in front of Caleb and Joshua. Everyone was against them. And the obstacle was so big that it actually led the people of Israel to continue to wander in the wilderness for the next 40-plus years. So to conclude this story, we're going to fast forward through the book of Deuteronomy and now into Joshua chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 6, and we're going to see what is going to happen here. 
says, Now the people of Judah approached Joshua, and Caleb said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb ever since because he followed the Lord God of Israel wholeheartedly. And what a powerful testimony that is to be full of faith. It was Caleb that led the people of God into that next season, into that new land. And the negativity and the hopelessness of all the, Israel, all the other Israelite people led them into that desert season and actually um, into many consequences because Caleb and Joshua were two of the only people that were able to step into that land of their generation. But thankfully, the promise of God remained in Caleb's heart to lead the next generation into the future. And so I believe that there are three principles that we can take from Caleb's life that we just read about. And um, I think we can apply these to our own lives as well. So as we walk through these, we're going to look at what Caleb did, what set him apart, and then we're going to apply this to our own life. So take inventory in your own life. How well do you do in this area? So the first thing that we notice is that his attitude sent, set him apart. There was something different about Caleb. More than anyone else, Caleb carried a positive attitude. Numbers 14, verse 9, he said, They are helpless, pray to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. His vision for what God wanted to do for the Israelite nation was bigger than the temporary fears. And those temporary fears were valid. They were going up against people that were bigger and stronger. And in their own human strength and ability, they were not enough. But they also should have known that God was going to keep his promise. He had already promised them this land. They had seen the Lord's faithfulness and provision already multiple times throughout their lives, bringing them out of Egypt. But Caleb was a man that could see beyond the present and into the future. And so today I want to ask you, what does your attitude say about the God that you believe in? Does it say, I belong to a God who keeps his promises? Do I belong to a God who is faithful and who is trustworthy? And just begin to think about the state of your attitude. What has it been in these last couple weeks? Has the season of life determined your attitude for you? Or does your hope and trust in God determine your attitude? And so that's my prayer today, that we would be a people 
of, we would be believers who stand out, that stand apart by the way that we carry ourselves, by the, by the way that we carry this positive attitude and encourage and lift up other people. The second thing that I noticed that Caleb um, carried with him is perseverance. He persevered. Joshua 14, 11, he says, Today I am 85 years old. I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. Caleb was able to last to the very end, and he was one of the only ones of that generation who was able to enter into that promised land because he persevered. The definition of persevere says this, to continue in a course of action even in the face of difficulty or with little or no prospect of success. But the thing that I believe that set Caleb apart in the way that he persevered is that he was able to lean into the strength of God. That was the only way that he could make it through. He had the ability to keep his eyes on God and allow him to give him all that he needed. So with the strength and the spiritual stamina of the Lord, Caleb was, to, Caleb was able to carry the vision God had all the way into the future. So today, what are the things you are doing in your life to stay spiritually strong? Maybe you're in a desert season today. What does it look like for you to persevere? Are you growing stronger or weaker as you go through life's difficulties? The last thing that we notice is that Caleb was obedient to the word of God. Caleb knew who his God was, and he knew Moses had heard from God when instructing him to scout the land. And he was obedient to that word. Just like we read in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. Caleb had a foundation of faith that caused him to be faithful with what God called him to do, even when it took over 40 years for God to fulfill his promise. And I love that three times in Joshua 14, it says Caleb wholeheartedly followed the Lord. And that word wholeheartedly in Hebrews actually means to be full of, all right? So obedience takes all of you. Obedience isn't just one foot in, one foot out, but it requires all of you. So today... Are you living a life of faithful obedience to God's word? Are you all in? So now, how do we do it? How do we actually grow in faith? In order to carry a godly attitude, walk in perseverance and obedience, we have to know how God is instructing us and how we can hear his voice. And I believe that's through reading the Bible and through prayer, two very simple things that maybe most of us know about today. But I want to encourage you and challenge you in these two areas. Because without reading the Bible, without prayer, th those are the foundations of what we do. So to be full of faith, we have to be full of the word of God. Reading the Bible and truly treasuring it as a gift. So I want to encourage you today, try to view the word of God not just as a support structure, but as your foundation. When the Bible is your support structure and not your foundation, you tend to think, oh man, I'm just going to pull out a few verses here and there that maybe make me feel good. Uh, I might not go to scripture right away when I'm going through something difficult in life, taking scripture out of context. But when the Bible is your foundation, it is your first resort 
you read whether you're going through something or not, knowing that it's going to bear fruit in your life one day. You take time to understand and study, and it even comes to your mind when you're not reading the Word of God. So we know this is kind of common sense, right? It doesn't matter how well a house or a building is built or even designed. If it doesn't have a solid foundation, it's not going to last, right? So that's the same idea. Support structures fail when there's not a sturdy foundation, and you are most secure when you build your life on an unshakable foundation, which is the word of God. So all, even if today you're like, man, I, I, daily Bible reading isn't a part of my life, just start small. I'd encourage you to start small. Uh, maybe start through going through a book of the Bible slowly, just a little bit every day. But as long as you're feeding yourself something, you're going to have what it takes to hear the Holy Spirit and take the next step in your faith journey. Psalm 119, verse 97 and 98. I love this verse. It says, Oh, how I love and treasure the revelation of your word. Throughout the day, I fill my heart with its light. By considering your commands, I have an edge over my enemies, for I take seriously everything you say. That's so good. The next thing is prayer. Step out in prayer. Prayer is talking and connecting with God. It's simple, but it's also something that we have to grow in. We have to be challenged in. And uh, a couple practical ways that I believe we can grow in prayer is actually start, is to start praying out loud, right? Hearing yourself pray and even praying out scripture is one of the easiest ways that we can grow in our faith. There's something about using our physical bodies to connect with God that builds our faith in a different way. It can't just be our minds and our thoughts and our heart, but it has to be our whole being. And so the next time, if you're in a, in a prayer meeting, if you come to our um, prayer nights on Sunday nights once a month, would you be bold and step out in prayer? Right? It's our, it's our whole being. It's our whole self. And something happens when someone else hears you pray out loud. It builds their faith. All right, and as we close this morning, um, I just want to share, and as I've been thinking about this message, I've been thinking about some key people in my life um, that have had a profound impact when it comes to having the gift of faith and calling out other giftings within me. And I'm just so grateful for those influences and the way that they've spoken into my life. And one of those people is actually my dad. My dad is a guy who has the gift of faith. And uh, me being the, I'm the youngest in my family. I have three older brothers. Um, and my tendencies are, I'm, I'm pretty shy and pretty quiet in a room full of people. Um, so it's actually kind of funny that I'm standing up here today. <laughs> Um, but yeah, naturally, I have some insecurities about comparing myself to other people and even comparing my personality to other people. And my dad has always been one to speak life over me, to speak the promises of God over me. And he's been one to see, he's noticed the gifts God has given me and called me up and say, hey, Carly, you can do it. God is with you. You have it within you. Um, and so I just have to say thank you to him today because I would not be the leader and pastor I am today without his influence in my life. And the reason I wanted to share that today is 
because I know that there's people in this room that you can be that for someone else, right? Our goal with the, the, this theme of spiritual gifts is to build other people up. We're not here to serve ourselves, but to encourage others. The kingdom of God comes when we gather together and support and encourage one another. And you have the opportunity to shape the futures of others and help them understand why they were created. So why wouldn't we step out? Why wouldn't we be a part of that? And so my last question is to you is how can you serve others with your faith today? Maybe you know you have the specific gift of faith, or maybe, maybe you know, I don't have the specific gift of faith, but I want to grow in my faith. Where can you get plugged in? What can you do? How can you speak life over someone else? And I know that in every area in our church, we need people with the gift of faith. Stepping into situations, stepping into kids' lives, students' lives that need encouragement, that need to be built up. So we need you. You're capable of great things when the Holy Spirit steps into your life and does amazing things. And so we're going to pray to close this morning. And there's some key things that I want to pray about today as we close that Homestead Community Church is believing for in the future. And so if you know you're a person that has this gift of faith, maybe make note of some of these things that we're going to pray about today. And would you continue to pray for these things? Because we know that God is going to do some amazing things through this community, through this church. He wants to see people come into relationship with him. So let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. We know that our faith is based off of the word of God. So we're thankful for it. It's leading and it's guidance in our life. And God, I even pray for someone today that maybe this whole faith journey is new to them. They're not sure exactly what it looks like to have faith in their life, but I pray that you would step into their world today. You would remind them of their need for you, a God who is greater, a God who has more for them than they could ever imagine, more than they could ever fathom. Or would you show them who you are, and God, today I pray for those that who have great faith. And maybe you're stirring them this morning and in this moment to something more, something greater. Encouraging them to step out in boldness, to step out in confidence. Lord, you want to use them in great ways. And today, we just lift up our church, Homestead Community Church, in the city of Farmington. Lord, we believe for great things. Lord, and we know that there's people in our city and in our neighborhood who have yet to hear the good news about Jesus. They have yet to understand who you are and what you can do in their life. God, and we know that our church is growing. And this building is not going to be big enough, Lord, for the future and, and the things that you want to do. And so that's one thing that we pray for today. God, would you provide a miracle in the future, a space for us to meet where more people can gather, more people can hear about you, more people can engage in the presence of God and be encouraged and be loved on. God, and I pray for our kids' ministry, our youth ministry. 
God, I just pray over our kids and our students. Lord, that they would be raised up. They would be encouraged. That there would be something inside of them that desires more of you, that has a hunger for the word of God. We pray that you would place a boldness on their heart to be a light in the darkness. That even when the things of this world come against them, they would carry a faith. God, that can push back the darkness. That can lead them and their friends and their family into the future of your promises. Lord, you're going to do great things through the next generation. Lord, and we lift up this idea of missions. We want to be a missions-minded church. Where people are called to leave this city, to leave this state, and maybe even this country, to do what you call them to do, to reach the lost, to reach the broken. Lord, I pray that multiple people would be raised up and sent out of our church. Give us great faith to believe the impossible. Lord, we're not sure how it's going to happen, how it's going to be done, but it's the supernatural. It's the way that the Holy Spirit's going to move in and through us that's going to lead us out, that's going to lead us to what's next to reach the world around us. Lord, we're so thankful for who you are and the fact that you would use us. We humble ourselves before you today and just say that we love you. We need you. Holy Spirit, guide us and speak to us. Continue to open our hearts these next few weeks as we begin to just think about the things that we've heard this summer about spiritual gifts. Lord, we want to be used by you. It's in your holy and precious name. We all said amen. Awesome. Well, so glad that you came to church this morning. Um, we hope that you have a great week, and we'll see you next weekend. Thank you, everyone.